Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. Carl, this week... uh Creator explains why it is up to us, us humans, that is, to solve the problem of evil. No small question there, no small task, No, that is true. And of course, you know, we think that's what we do with our laws and our government and the system of rules and ethics that we've cobbled together through the uh, many generations who've struggled to establish law and order and all of that. But that's a human level perspective. And we have things more than human we're dealing with. And, yes. and evil comes from other sources. It isn't really from human. We get corrupted by them. But this is what Creator said to me some time ago about what was truly the reason for humans to exist. Yes. It's rather eye-opening. Very short. Spoiler alert. (laughs) The entire human enterprise is an exercise in healing to rescue the interlopers who have engaged in lives of depravity and are dragging down humanity because the negativity they hold and for the ability to influence in ways that corrupt humans and drag them down as well. Humans are here to solve the problem of evil. Wow. And no to small. raise themselves <laughs> no up task. in the doing. Yes. Correct for past mistakes and moments of temptation or self-indulgence when they may have chosen actions, taking them out of divine alignment. Okay, that's our purpose. We're here to solve the problem of evil. So <laughs> what are you guys out there doing? You know, yeah. we're good in the word. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's not, it's not just the problem of evil for, you know, humanity, but what kind of task was problem the problem of evil for all of time and for all of the universe? Now, that sounds ridiculous to a lot of people at first hearing, but stick with us and we'll get into it more. Yeah, it's a much wider uh, problem than we think, but it also speaks to its importance. So this is a, an important lesson to have under your belt. Indeed, and we're going to get on with it here. U.S. creator, source creator, one of the biggest obstacles to belief in the divine is the so-called problem of evil. How could an all-powerful loving God allow evil acts to prevail? Yeah, well, we know about this question. You know, we, we get this a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's probably the number one uh, weapon of the atheist to take on the faithful and the religious folks. And how could this even be that, you know, we have this so-called loving God out there and look at all the evil that's widespread. All right, so this is what Creator says. The problem of evil is both a human and a divine problem. We launched humans into the world to be autonomous beings, knowing full well the range of possibilities would extend from being in divine alignment to being in an extreme disalignment to the extent of being engaged in depravity of all kinds. This is inherent in the possibilities of the universe on all levels when there is a freedom to act. When constrained by rules, things can be orderly and divine in appearance at all times. 
when all is allowed and there is the beginning of an exploration to the extremes of possibility, there can be situations where people go too far and find it difficult to return to a former divine way of being because they have slipped too far and the path back has become too challenging. They have lost strength, they have lost understanding, and truly lost direction to even know how to proceed. This is the dilemma of many non-believers. It is not because their world is perfect that they reject the possibility of the divine. Often it is because of the suffering. And this is the greatest argument they bring forth in defense of their perspective. How can God exist and allow such suffering to occur? We would simply say, this is a human's choice to suffer, not a divine one. It is as well a consequence of human choices that suffering has occurred. The very possibility of suffering is due to the absence of divine alignment. A state of divine perfection is a state of divine love in its ultimate expression of bliss beyond measure. Being in that state precludes every kind of suffering. The fact humans are not in divine alignment is not proof God does not exist. It is proof God is not being fully expressed through them at the moment in how they are living their life, in the way they think and feel. That is a problem for human to solve in a world of free will. As the creator of all that is, we can be patient knowing that each person will find their way back to the light eventually. That is why we can tolerate the existence of evil. It is inherent within the range of possibilities in a world truly free, and therefore is simply an existence more on the negative end of the spectrum of possibilities through circumstances and not having a broader meaning than that. Love is open to all. Greatness is open to all. It is a choice. When people choose to suffer through harming others, seeking power and control, and then having their day of reckoning when it is lost and the shoe is on the other foot, it is their doing and not ours. The fact they exist at all and have this quandary is very much a reality of divine existence and is our creation unfolding for all to see and experience who are a part of the human project. You know, this is a a very insightful channeling and probably one that frankly is unwelcome to quite a few people, you know, that, that you're responsible, that there's consequences to what you do. Ignorance is not an excuse. That wasn't explicitly said here, but that's, that's certainly embedded in this, uh, in this channeling and that we're responsible we have to be responsible that's the message here and you know people don't like to hear that sometimes well i i get that uh we want things done for us if if we can get it (laughs) you know we'd rather have a mother god and a father god up there taking care of us nurturing us seeing to our needs propping us up picking us up when we fall and bringing bounty our way, especially give me money, give me money, <laughs> make me happy, make me secure, make me successful, make me loved and, and so on. But in a free will paradigm, it is all our responsibility to see to. Yes, We've been given the tools. We've got a body to work with. We've got a mind and we've got this planet and that's the experiment. How is it going to go? 
and God is watching, and God is helping, but we have to ask for it. That's the piece that's, that's missing. That's the piece. We're going to contrast all of that with the rest, the alternative, which is a very rule-bound existence where evil doesn't exist. And this is extremely interesting. You asked Creator. Creator has shared earlier that true evil exists only in our Milky Way galaxy. Skeptics hear this and howl with laughter, thinking it preposterous for two reasons. One, why just one galaxy out of trillions? Is it, is it because the free will experiment is the equivalent of a bio-level 4 deadly pathogen laboratory where the danger to society is so great that it must be limited to an extreme extent? The other reason is just the astronomical odds of us being the tip of the spear for such a gargantuan universe. Granted, someone has to win in a drawing with trillions of tickets. Did we really win that lottery? And if it wasn't a lottery, how did we end up in this role? Okay, and this is what Creator says. You are presenting, and with contrasting thing, extremes, a rather whimsical discourse on your predicament as a human immersed in a free will exercise of great import and complexity. It is indeed the nature of things this will be so. When we set out to start this exercise going, it was with foreknowledge it had failed previously and knew that it was a dangerous undertaking in the very beginning in conceiving such a thing. This is why bestowing complete control to physical beings for operating their worlds and governing their own destiny was restricted to a single galaxy and is not so different from the high-level containment used in scientific laboratories to contain the deadliest of organisms to keep them from escaping and contaminating a wider environment. That is true for the Milky Way as well. Entry and exit are tightly controlled, both to prevent escape of dark beings to reach other parts of the universe, as well as to prevent outsiders without a direct stake in things from coming in unilaterally to be an influence of some kind, as it is not their province to do so. The Milky Way was chosen as a suitable environment for many reasons and is a complex discussion in its own right. It is much like any enterprise where there are beings in residence with a stake in what might happen. This was agreed to by the advanced beings who would be affected by what took place. Humans were not in existence at that point yet. So this long predates humanity as an experiment in free will and its consequences. When aspects of the divine are given free agency as separate beings, Interconnected, but able to act wholly independently. This was initiated and engaged in by the participants with a solemnity befitting the challenges and risks, knowing of the prior failure and volunteering for the exercise. So this was far from a lottery system that chose winners and losers in some fashion by default, or a means to punish problem species by making them participate in something dangerous or unpleasant. All, seeing the scope of the enterprise and knowing its full implications, were eager to participate because it represents a potential great expansion of the reach of divinity in the way it can be expressed as, in effect, subunits with autonomy and divinity on display at all times to, in effect, greatly multiply creator's capabilities 
by having the independence to create spontaneously many new things that would be less likely to come from creator working as a single consciousness, albeit with multitasking capabilities beyond your imaginings. There is something unique in having a separate, isolated existence, which, although in some sense a liability, being disconnected from the vastness that is creator, also has some particular advantages, that when on its own it can marshal independent creative thoughts, and do so from the sole characteristics it brings to the task, which are a subset of creators, but nonetheless can create valid perspectives and possibilities, in a sense with great meaning and focus, because this process is working with a subset of creator's potential and will then be more likely to create a kind of distillation or refinement of what can happen from a narrower focus, but a deeper one. It is just different, and that is the point to create a vaster set of possibilities and involving many individual aspects of consciousness that can enjoy an autonomous existence even as part of creator and have a kind of special existence and experience and individual joys from having their own domain and independent reach that will expand and grow over time. This is what creator enjoys on a vast scale. So it is a kind of sharing and amplification both. Yeah, it's incredible to think about. Um, But the fact is that we as humans, you know, are in a very, very special situation um, that is very rare, too. You know, the idea that there's only one galaxy out of trillions that is set up for this. it, It actually does make sense because this is a dangerous undertaking and the you the the possibility of evil spreading throughout the universe is not to be taken lightly. Yes, and the fact that we're being given the responsibility to clean up the mess is a very striking thing. And it's only being done because we are literally a part of God. We are an extension of God's consciousness. That's who creator is, creator of everything. And we were kind of extensions of the creator. We're connected. We are literally a part of that consciousness. But having an autonomy gives us a latitude to really get created in an independent way. And that's what's being expressed here. I was thinking about the the issue of uh, architecture. Mm -hmm. You know, when they talk about architecture, Mm -hmm. they talk about solutions. So everything that an architect does is providing solutions for something that's needed. Where do you put doors? Where do you put windows? How big? How high? Where do you space things? Where do you put walls, dividers? What's a room's purpose? Where is the light going to be coming in? All those factors, they're solutions to a dilemma, making a home that is wonderful. And there's an infinite array of possibilities. So we're a part of this architecture for the universe, starting locally. Right. Well, to contrast that, and we got to run through this because we got running out of time here for this segment. You asked Creator, Creator has shared that the rest of the universe is truly a safe space. This was so because the effects of karma are more immediate, unlike the long lengths of time that can transpire in the Milky Way between the creation of karma, both good and bad, and experiencing its return. 
thinking about how this can be so, is it true that outside the Milky Way, emotional feedback is instantaneous? In other words, if I hurt someone's feelings in the Andromeda galaxy, well, I immediately feel their pain with the same intensity and vividness. Likewise, if I make somebody happy, well, I immediately feel their happiness with the same intensity and vividness. With this kind of immediate feedback, one would be highly incentivized to minimize bad behavior and maximize good behavior. Is this, in fact, how it works outside the Milky Way galaxy? And Creator tells us this is an approximation, but not a bad description of a complex state of existence. There is a vast difference in the karmic consequences, the way they are handled, and the speed of delivery, as you are describing in your question, between the Milky Way galaxy paradigm, where the human free will experiment is underway, and the entire rest of the universe that is on a short leash, so to speak, by virtue of the way karma operates. While this is a clear system with built-in rewards and punishment that are clear and provide a perfect feedback for reward and punishment to govern behavior within narrow limits, this has the disadvantage of stifling individual initiative. There are things that can be accomplished through risk-taking that might be messy at first, but have a kind of silver lining and lead to great things later on that will be more than compensation for inconvenience in the short term. We currently see the possibility of evil created by the free will paradigm in the absence of a rapid karmic payback is a greater liability. It has become the chief problem with your galaxy and is threatening the success of the human free will experiment. So in a sense, the jury's still out on whether our grand vision for this paradigm will bear fruit and become a permanent aspect of the universe. It is up to humans to make it successful and will be their reward if they do. Interesting. Um, it Basically, we're doing this because the rest of the universe can be boring sometimes, amazing as that seems. Well, and new things will come about through this kind of splitting off of power and capability to give some to each one of us as a kind of a portion of the creator consciousness. Yes. And I think creator, creator wants to be surprised too once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, I think this is right. Absolutely. I think this is right. And not that creator loves the morbid and the depraved that's so in evidence in, uh, in our world that's been brought here from the other extraterrestrial civilizations who have been living with that cloud for a long, long time. But that's what's going on. Well, we'll have more going on when we get back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. 
We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of Get Wisdom. Carl and I are talking about uh, what Creator has said about us humans, us being responsible for solving the problem of evil. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> no small, uh, no small chore there. But let's get to it. <laughs> Absolutely. U.S. Creator Dr. Greer, and a lot of people probably don't know who he is, but you can Google it. He's a, a UFO researcher. He's got his whole thing going on for years that he's been doing. Dr. Greer is convinced that no civilization can reach the apex of technological development while remaining spiritually stunted and immature claiming for this reason it must be impossible for there to be evil aliens. Yet we know from our own observation and Creator's words that is an, that, that is emphatically not the case. Greer's argument is echoed by other skeptics who simply can't believe that being smart enough to master time, space, and biology would not have also figured out scientifically and philosophically that crime doesn't pay. Rather, is it actually true that evil aliens are motivated to master time, space, and biology to become even greater criminals. All right, and this is what Creator says. Unfortunately, this is quite true. The extraterrestrials, despite their longevity, their advanced technological capability, their brilliance, and their vast experience base, have squandered these blessings by becoming corrupted and compromising their divinity to such a large degree, they are almost devoid entirely of any redeeming qualities. The ability to love is not impossible, but rarely experienced by them. It is a vestigial emotion and is unlikely to arise when they are left to their own devices. It is only in very rare circumstances that an Anunnaki being will have any kind of loving feelings or kindness arise within them. So they are, in effect, lost and in danger of destroying themselves. That will be the fate of the fallen angelics, who are now entirely on their own and only survive to the extent they can become a parasite to draw energy from other living beings. They have corrupted the Anunnaki and the other dark extraterrestrial races and humans as well and are undergoing a kind of last gasp, clinging to their existence solely through their predatory behavior and the corruption of their hosts to keep their game going. That is hardly an achievement. So the lesson here is not just that logic and reason will fail to create perfection. It is that when selfishness reaches a high enough level, love will be squeezed out, and then the possibility of further growth in a real sense will become impossible. 
Regardless of what technological advances might be arranged, they will be unrewarding. And in effect, a hollow victory, because little of value will be done with them in the absence of a love motivation. The accumulation of personal power and wealth are hollow pursuits in a loveless world. And that is the existence of the dark extraterrestrial beings, all of them. They are devoid of love, compassion, or any concern for anyone outside themselves. The end result is a kind of ruthless quest for power, jockeying for position, and contests for controlling of things that often end in death for the unsuccessful. That is hardly a sophisticated way to live, and is no endorsement for what will happen in the absence of a divine connection. So this thinker is in actuality entirely missing the point that a great works that great works occur through love and only through love. Anything else is trivial. You know, most people have grown up and been exposed to Star Trek for most of their lives, actually. And, um, you know, I, I myself have certainly dreamed and fantasized about being on the Starship Enterprise and going where no one else has gone before and exploring all of that. And in and, and the Star Trek world, there's a lot of morality. But what if it was the Klingons that you were <laughs> going to be part of? It's a different thing to think about. Yes. Well, this, this is a kind of metaphor for the human struggle, isn't it? And uh, the unfortunate thing about Star Trek, we have learned, is that it was godless. It was assumed that we would continue to be ethical far into the future. and But it did at least recognize that not all races of beings choose that path and keep it going. And they falter, they stumble, and then they get darkened, and then it gets really, really uh, intense. Yes, yes, indeed. You ask creator, is this misconception holy because Dr. Greer and the skeptics have enough of a divine connection to understand that love is an even more powerful motive without understanding that love itself is wholly a product of a divine connection? Without the divine connection, love ceases to be a motive and the only motive remaining is the criminal one. Is that the case? All right, and this is creator's answer. This is very much the case. Love is the point of existence, so much so that it is taken for granted and does not even enter most discussions. This is because it is so much a part of human behavior, it is so natural, it is almost like breathing, that people want to be in polite company working together in a kind of friendship role to overcome challenges and to encourage growth and accomplishments. Even as people might want to have individual achievement, and a demonstrated prowess to feel good about themselves, that they are accomplishing things of value and so on. It is usually the case people are striving to achieve the love and praise of others, not the glory of a tyrant's power, because they have risen to the top and can do anything they like of a savage nature to their underlings. But yet that is the end stage of even highly intelligent beings who become loveless through corruption. It will not end in glory, but in depravity. A criminal level mentality of winner take all, whether anyone else likes it or not, with rights held only by the mighty, who will be uniformly selfish and uncaring about the suffering and deprivation of others they may cause in their rise to power. 
You know, a lot of thought went into some of these questions, and the, the answers are just amazing. Um, but this is, you know, it, it, it's something that people probably don't really want to hear that without, the, you know, if you have a secular mindset that it will inevitably lead to complete corruption and depravity. Love is not going to be in your future. Yes, well, this is uh, this is the unfortunate reality. And Creator has made this very clear. When you turn away from the Almighty, you are in danger of severing your very lifeline. You get the energy to live from God. It comes down energetically into you from the divine realm. And so does love, the ability to love. It's a kind of an energy of its own. And if you ignore the one, you will get less of the other. And that is just a fact. It's like a law of physics. Yeah. So you will wither and eventually you will perish because you'll be living only on human power. Yes. And you'll be blinded to the higher principles of the divine. That's what's befallen these other races of beings. Yes, yes, absolutely. You asked Creator, Creator has shared that one-third of current humanity were Anunnaki in distant past lives. Was the Anunnaki civilization less depraved then and more like current humanity? In their five-billion-year history, how long ago did the Anunnaki reach the point of no return? Creator tells us they are not quite at the point of no return but very close to having no way back. That is why their only hope is that humans will save them. But that is still possible and is true for the fallen angelics as well. Once their savior is gone in the form of the divine human species, they will all be lost. That is where they're headed and they will not have the wherewithal to turn things around on their own. This has been going on for millions of years now in the downward progression. So the Great Fall was truly ancient in its timing and its consequences have spread and worsened to the point things are quite dire for the instigators who are the fallen angelics who originally began to seek their personal power for their own glorification and fell into the trap of serving the self above others. That was their undoing. That quest is mirrored in many, many human activities in the pursuit of wealth and political power or even fame and prestige as a kind of passport to lives of luxury and prominence where people can feel superior and indeed enjoy many advantages with access to the corridors of power, the lifestyles of the rich and famous and so on. But that is a slippery slope. They will increasingly encounter troubled people who have been quite corrupted in order to gain those advantages because they are not achieved through love and acts of kindness, but through self-serving strategies and manipulations. And that will become a dead end, as it has for the extraterrestrial civilizations. Despite their talents, their capabilities, and their many achievements intellectually, they are spiritually corrupt and empty, and that will determine their fate. You know, it's interesting, that last paragraph. Uh, you know, a lot of self-made millionaires who, you know, come into wealth through their own efforts and their own creativity and then start hanging out with older rich folks that have, you know, inherited their wealth or been around for a long time. You know, they're shocked at the culture they find themselves in, you know. 
that uh, it's not. <laughs> it looks more like the Anunnaki than it does like the rest of us. Well, and that's how it's come to be, because they are running the world from behind the scenes. And they let our governments do their thing because they can manipulate them. Well, they've also darkened them. And that's why all the governments now are more like, you know, the tin, the tin pot uh, dictators, the strongmen, the fascists who maneuver and manipulate through power and control, regulation and mandates and a very heavy hand and using law enforcement as a, as a tool to maintain order. And of course the military, if that becomes necessary and, and it's, and it's all non-divine and how yes. it's set up with the power at the top yep. and people with little say. Yeah, and, it's all, and it's, you know, in the Anunnaki world, it's too much greater extreme than what we're experiencing, but that seems to be what's what we're headed for. If we don't turn things around, Carl, yeah. U.S. And, creator, how did most of these former Anunnaki, now today human, escape continued reincarnation in that civilization? Did they graduate? In spite of the harshness, in spite of the harshness, did they manage to spiritually outgrow their surroundings? All right, and this is what Creator tells us: in the earlier stages of the corruption by the fallen angelics, there were still Anunnaki beings of distinction and spiritual alignment among many who were becoming corrupted and lessened as a consequence. That has become rarer and rarer, and currently it is almost impossible for an Anunnaki being to turn its life around and seek something better that is based on spiritual principles. Whether or not there is awareness of creator, divine principles can be embraced simply because they are good ideas and are a positive influence that leads to the betterment of all. But to see those virtues and embrace them requires some inner capability to be in a vibrational alignment with the divine to some extent. And that is what is lacking in most of the extraterrestrial beings. So this will only happen when there has been some divine intervention to enable healing sufficiently to restore enough awareness to create a bridge to love once again, at least in a small way, as a small beginning along a return path. This is what humans can achieve using the Lightworker Healing Protocol to start converting extraterrestrial beings to consider other alternatives for their conduct and other strategies for achieving their objectives in a way that can be more a live and let live perspective. And that will be a start to right the wrongs they have brought to your world. They cannot do this on their own at this point in time. So it will be essential for humans to carry the burden and point the way and do the legwork for the divine intervention to succeed. You have come from behind many times and surged into greater power and effectiveness to counter the evildoers. And then each time they have found a way to undermine humanity and create a darkening once again. You are nearing another turning point when things will be decided perhaps once and for all on the matter of human survival and ascendancy, where you will have won the contest and created enough healing momentum to change the direction of things for the Milky Way galaxy as a whole 
and will begin expanding your scope to many other parts of the universe with new roles to play. That is the positive future available to you and is very worth fighting for. But fight you must. You know, I'm reminded of <laughs> getting stuck in the wintertime, Carl, in cars. You're familiar with that being from around here. And uh, you try to push it out and you, you make it up that, that rut a little ways and then you fall back again. And then you push it again, you make up that rut, get a little bit more momentum going, you know. And that's what we're trying to do here. Trying to get enough momentum to go in to get out of that rut, and then you're on your way in terms of solving this problem of evil. Well, there's many obstacles because so many are not awake. The secular movement is turning everyone away from thoughts of true spirituality, which involves God. Let's face it, that's where the whole thing originates. Yep. And it's where we come from. We are created beings and intended to solve the problem of evil, as the Almighty makes crystal clear. So how do we go about doing that? First of all, by being in a divine alignment ourselves, and then partnering with the divine to shore that up and help grow back that capability and help others find their way to the light. Absolutely. And and it's, in this project, Get Wisdom, with Carl's ability to channel creator and uh, with us being able to ask these questions, we are really working hard to get answers for you, our audience, and for our members to, to have the tools to be able to, to reach out to other people wherever they're at in their spirituality and show them an alternative with compelling arguments, compelling examples. That's what we're really working towards here. Well, it's not easy, and we, we understand it full well, and I'm sure almost everyone does who isn't in an isolated bubble, maybe in a highly religious family that keeps to themselves and they don't get flustered ever with someone attacking their views. But most people know this is, this is tough in today's world where religion is demonized and uh, it, it, it hurts everyone in the end. Yes, yes, there are abuses. There's no question about it. Religions get a lot of things wrong. But the one thing they get right is there is a God. And it's important to know and important to work with that energy, that consciousness to make things better. Absolutely. We have to. One way you can do that is by getting our prayer book. Download it at getwisdom.com slash prayer. And we'll be right back with more conversation on us saving the universe from evil when we come back with more Get Wisdom After This. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive lightworker healing protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. 
Our weekly webinars feature the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment for this week's Get Wisdom, where we are talking about humanity's role in solving the problem of evil. And it's a joint human and divine level problem. And who would have thought that God has a problem, Carl? I mean, that, that is something that's a mind bender. Well, but it's very real, and evil is it. The, the fall, the great fall, the fallen angelics who turned away from love and light and were kicked out of heaven. This is true. It's in the Bible, and it's not explained very clearly, but there was an angel named Lucifer, and that's where this whole thing started, him and his followers. And they've been parasites ever since, plaguing the living beings throughout the Milky Way galaxy because they have to get energy somewhere to survive. They've been cut off from, yep. the, from the heavenly realm, and they need saving in order to save everyone else who's been corrupted by them. And it was never creator's intent that that happen. But no. happened, it did. This is, the, this is the, down, the downside of granting free will. This is the, the danger. This is the warning label on the package. <laughs> Yes. So, up to this next question, I'm going to share a quick story. There was a, a kind of a conspiracy type story floating around on the internet called the Black Jesus, and that the story went that there was a a figure that appeared in Africa in the 1960s, who was basically Christ-like, and was full of wisdom and could perform miracles and heal the sick and could teleport and and do all the things that are attributed to, to Christ in the Bible, and. Um, what happened was supposedly, you know, the, the governments of the world, the intelligence agencies who are threatened by such characters, went out to get rid of this individual, destroy this individual, and made many, many attempts. And each time that he was killed, he just resurrected and was back on the scene. And they kept doing this again and again and again. And finally, uh, the black Jesus appeared in the, in the offices of the truly top people of the world that called the shots and said, well, it's clear that you're not going to let me perform my mission so I'm out of here. But let me leave you with this warning that someday there's going to be a lot more like me and you won't be able to stop us then. And then poof, he disappeared and that was the end of it. Um, we asked about that story to see if it was real and Crater said that it was not. It was fiction. So that's the background for this question. We're going to ask it right now. You asked Crater, Carl. Crater has shared that the Black Jesus story is fiction and didn't happen. Yet, part of the reason the story seems believable is precisely that we would expect governments and intelligence services mm-hmm. To behave precisely as they did in the story, they would pull out all the stops to destroy such an individual. Is that, in fact, what would happen if a latter-day divine mission of another Christ-like figure were attempted? All right, and this is what Creator tells us. What would happen would depend on whether it is a true agent of the divine who incarnates or is an imposter of extraterrestrial origin posing as a messiah. 
The latter is a planned scenario, one of a number of alternatives for furthering the aims of the extraterrestrial alliance by giving false hope and further disrupting human affairs by creating a spiritual and religious crisis that would inflame old passions of division among the religious faiths. If it is a false being, an imposter of extraterrestrial heritage, it will serve as a Pied Piper to lure people into complacency and disempower them, thinking their rescuer is at hand and encouraging them to trust in that figure, to be in charge of things. It would be a tragic mistake to put one's trust in another when everyone has a stake in things and everyone has a say. We can tell you there will not be a second coming of Jesus Christ. That is not the plan. The plan is for all humans to follow that example and become their own savior and for their fellow humans by reaching to the divine in partnership and bringing love to all in the world, especially the perpetrators who are wanting to destroy you. Healing them will be your salvation, for then there will be time and energy for you to heal one another in the human community. That is the immediate need and turning point that must be reached. You know, my own outlook on the mission of of Jesus Christ is that he came here basically as a divine human prototype, you know, to show us what we are aspiring to and that we can reach and become ourselves. He didn't come here to just do it for us. He came here to set an example. And it's up to us now to follow that example. We've had that example. And now it's up to us to follow that. We don't necessarily need another one at this point. We need to step up to the plate ourselves. Well, I think you're right. This The story is there. It's all pretty clear. Christ had disciples. It wasn't about him just doing everything himself. He was teaching others and exhorted them to teach others in turn. So the idea spreads that God's love is available to all And you can be an agent for change by partnering with the divine. And you will have that power at your fingertips to do miracles yourself. Yes. And it's important to think about these things really deeply because we may see a day where a false messiah is put up in front of us, you know, and people need to really have the wisdom. That's why this is get wisdom to really, you know, look at the big picture and see things for the way they really are. Well, we'll see. We will see. You asked Creator, there is a saying that pride goeth before the fall. Is pride, in a sense, the antithesis of love, and that pride always needs an inferior source of comparison? For instance, when one is proud of their athletic achievement, that emotion is itself dependent on knowing that others failed to acquire the same level of achievement. Is pride a focus on the self resulting from a me or us versus them mentality? All right, this is what Creator tells us. The extremes of pride you speak of are definitely harmful and non-divine and will darken things considerably for the individual and will set in motion the wheel of karma, bringing great misfortune to them in return for their misalignment and everything they do in service to the self at expense of others. It might be more accurate to describe the dichotomy here as Love versus selfish pride. There is nothing wrong with delighting in one's achievements. 
that is a healthy utilization of the ego to feel the reward of one's achievements, knowing personally one has striven to improve oneself, often against great odds or difficulties, and can rightly take satisfaction in the success when finally one's goals are reached. That is not a kind of prideful reaction that will cause harm. In a sense, it is a personal pride that uses not the elevation of the self over others to see others as diminished and make them feel lesser in some way, but using one's own self as the basis of comparison. To look at where one has arrived compared to where they started from and seeing the gains made and the accomplishments achieved. So they are not denigrating anyone else. They are simply looking at their own prior lack and enjoying the fact they've changed things for the better in terms of their own betterment. And when coming at their own hands is a justifiable source of pride. If their advancement is as much the work of others in their support, there would need to be an acknowledgement and a sharing in the achievement of the goals to not take sole credit personally, but honor those who have nurtured and helped you. So if those criteria are met, in a sense, it is raising up multiple individuals to take pride in what has been achieved. So that is more a kind of self-recognition of worth than an overreaching of ego to glory in one's superiority. In a sense, what needs to happen for all beings is to strike a balance between serving the self and serving others in a way that honors all, but is not serving the self through pride alone but through self-love, which takes many forms, not only reveling in one's achievements, but also bestowing love when one is in the wrong, when one has failed at something, when one has made a poor choice and sees it has caused some harm in some way. What is needed in all such circumstances is a certain measure of self-love, which will be the best fuel to correct the wrongful choice. All too often, making a misstep will bring self-recrimination as a kind of self-punishment leading to self-denial of love and self-respect, and that can be quite damaging. There needs to be due regard and a reckoning when one has made a misstep and to take some corrective action rather than to serve the ego still and be uncaring and insensitive to problems that have been created. So we think the distinction here is an important one Because there has been much denigration of the individual, with exhortations to embrace poverty as a lifestyle even, and a denial of the self, that it is somehow wrong to seek something more than enjoyed by others, as though that creates an unfairness that is undeserved, and will in fact be a failing, when in fact the opposite is the case. Anyone who strives to be better themselves, and achieves individual betterment, is worthy of praise and self-satisfaction for taking the initiative and developing the wherewithal to make their life better, provided they did so through their own initiative and not at the expense or denial of things to others that otherwise could have been shared and allowing others to advance along with the self in a cooperative fashion. I'm really grateful for, you know, creator sharing the insights on this, you know, that the opposite of love, you know, most people think the opposite of love is hate, and it is. Hate is, is certainly the, the opposite of love. But hate is a, a kind of a focused thing that's really not fun. It's it's not enjoyable, whereas indulging in something that's prideful, especially selfish pride, can, can be enjoyable. This is, I think, the roots of depravity for a lot of the beings. And Creator basically spelled that out, but made it very, very clear 
The pride itself is not the issue. It's selfish pride that's the problem. Yeah, it's the exaggerated focus on the self and the denial of value from and with others as a part of being in a human family. And that that is an important distinction and lesson. You ask Creator, can Creator share how prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol can help us to be more motivated in our thoughts and deeds by love and less by selfish impulses? Okay, so if it's up to us to fix the problem of evil, it leads to selfishness and worse. How do we do it? This is (laughs) what Creator says. We would say that the greatest healing need and greatest dilemma of the being is to be in a loveless state. That is a tragedy of major proportions that will determine their destiny and ultimate fate, if not corrected. This is the plight of the corrupted who are disconnected from the higher self and from the divine as well. The flow of divine energy is what brings love into the being. And with a disconnect from higher self, there will be a diminishment in the capability to feel and express love. Those on the path of this diminishment will become troubled, will become frankly narcissistic at some point, and can be seen to fit a diagnostic category of having a narcissistic personality disorder. And that is on the spectrum towards becoming a full-fledged sociopath, who by definition is devoid of conscience and any ability to feel love or compassion for others. This state of being can be healed because it is often a consequence of many karmic events conspiring to undermine the person, darken their perspectives, and corrupt them to make a series of many poor choices, bringing harm to the self through harming others in many cases as well. And that creates a fall from grace that will be difficult for them to recover from on their own. It can take a whole lifetime of healing effort to make a dent in the backlog of karmic missteps and failings. This is why so many people will have a series of lifetimes of struggle and suffering as they work through their prior karmic obligations to rebalance things. This is why the Lightworker Healing Protocol represents a true breakthrough for humanity by giving them for the first time a powerful and exquisite tool to call forth the deepest kind of divine healing intervention that is possible. This is quite a blessing. The empowerment of prayer as well through a better understanding of what is needed and how to leverage the energy of prayer requests through a combination of understanding what is needed, focusing the request on the essential elements, and then empowering the prayer to have it repeated again and again and again and to join with others as a pooled endeavor to further strengthen the healing power brought to bear are examples of the great advancements available to you in how to improve your lives through healing from the divine realm. Healing is where it's at, and you can check out details on the Lightwork Healing Protocol. It's offered as a service as well as training so that you can practice it yourself. Get that information at getwisdom.com slash LHP. And check out our Lightwork Healing Protocol services that are available at getwisdom.com. And you can request a healing session for you and your loved ones. We have group discounts, Carl. Indeed. And Indeed uh, do. Yeah, check us out, getwisdom.com. There's a healing tab on our menu. And there's a whole menu of, of items that we can do. There's clearings. There's property clearings, animals, you know, companion animal clearings and, and interventions. Uh, so any kind of healing need can be explored, and, and 
with this protocol. Yes, and our book on prayer talks about these empowerment capabilities. This is what religion isn't teaching, but needs to, and it's a way to empower prayer to ever greater effectiveness. Yes, this is creator's good. wisdom, not ours. This is coming from the Almighty. So take heed, give it its due, check it out. Check it out at givewisdom.com slash prayer. We are out of time, Carl. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. See you next week. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 